You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. And that song, that, that, I think that's a great uh, transition this morning because what I, when I hear that and what they're singing, people as Christians, we don't stand here and say, you know, hey, we're very righteous and, and so we're looking at you standing here in front of the cross and we're looking at you saying you need to get right as well, saying, hey, uh, he saved a wretch like me. I, I'm a, I, was a, I, I was come with me to the cross. It, it's not a judgmental looking down on anybody, so I hope to have Christ. Yes, there is judgment. There is uh, and experience His grace and mercy. So even before this, anytime during this service today, and uh, I've, just, I've never really seen Him for who He really is, and come get baptized this morning. Well, it's right over here. And so at any time, uh, Brady's around here somewhere. He's back there in the back. Um, Rita's around here somewhere, right there, Bill Hill House, next, can I talk to you for a minute, because that's where I'm at, and I want to give my life to Christ, and, or, or just come up here to me, service will not baptize you this morning, so just letting you know that's out there uh, for you to do, I mean, Jesus does, and so we just want to make that clear that it's all about him. Well, you're giving your life to Christ for crying out loud. Who cares about your Easter clothes? I'm just saying. What clothes you're wearing today will be okay. Uh, I think that's, that's not the issue. We'll, we'll go get you some of mine. I mean, look how good I look. Wouldn't you want to wear this stuff? Right? You're like, that changed the shirt underneath and it looks, it looks great. Okay? Um, but I'm so glad you're... I, I do have to tell you, I'm just so thankful for all the people in our church that do so much team and... Uh, I could campus care team and, and that are generous in their time and efforts with us for a while, but um, just really appreciative of all the things that's been done leading up to this. And he cleansed the temple this weekend, okay? You're like, what is that? Hose running in that baptistry, it, it will flood the church, okay? So that's what we're going to call it, okay? So uh, thank you to the student team and for David. David's worked really hard. But it's Easter, so... He is risen. Oh, or not, but he is risen indeed. And uh, this is what we're here to celebrate because it means so much for us. Um, but it's our direction, but um, anybody here already been hit by an April Fool's prank this morning? And tricks on him here, I guess. But um, made your space really small back there uh, after church, so I just messed you up real bad. But... But did you know that Easter, Easter is always held on the first Sunday, a lot of qualifiers, and I don't know what any of that is, okay? So when spring starts, whenever there's a full moon, then it's the next, next Sunday, okay? That's Easter. So today is it, and that's why it's April Fool's Day. The last time Easter fell on April, so due to the quirks involved in dating Easter, um, coincide only intermittently. So after uh, 2000, after this year, it happens again, and then 2040 will be the next one after that. So um, those April Fools is like some big wonderful holiday. You know, everybody's like, we don't even get out of work or school. April Fools Day is where it comes from. Okay, 
And so, like History Channel and all these places, I obscure where April Fools came from. I don't know if that's some kind of joke in and of itself, but popularizing the annual tradition of April Fools Day by playing practical jokes on each other. It probably also called All Fools Day has been celebrated for several centuries by different cultures. At 1582, when France switched from the Julian calendar in 1563, people who were slow to get the news failed first, and they can continued to celebrate the New Year's during the last week of March through the butt of jokes and, ho- and hoaxes, so to say, okay? These pranks included fish. That's what it was to begin with, okay? And the fish, April fish, symbolized that they were a gullible person, so they were easily caught fish or a gullible person. And so historians have also was celebrated in ancient Rome in the end of March and involved people dressing up in disguises. They would dress stuff in their community, and they got to make fun of them for one day, Okay? Uh, so th- there's a, also speculation in the northern hemisphere when Mother Nature, and I know you all will understand this one, when Mother Nature get that one, you're like, given that the weather here, some of you are going with that one. I can, I can hear it, okay? And the resurrection, um, that's enough about April Fool's Day, but if as Christians, there's people that look at us as though we're fools. And, and... and Many people have set out to disprove the resurrection, actually. There's no longer any dispute, really, amongst real historians about whether Jesus really is. He's a proven, lived and breathed person who walked on the earth inside uh, religion. But the hinge of it, so if we say, well, he really lived and he really walked the earth and, and crazy things that happened around his life, the question really becomes about the whole thing we're celebrating. And if he did, if that event happened then that really changed that there was not divine intervention, that he was, he was not who he said he was. Because, and so I could spend a lot of time going through the evidence of, you know, a book that I've, I've read before called The Case for Christ, Lee Strobel. And so he's a, and uh, tried to disprove the resurrection. This is a really smart guy. If you read it, because it's very scientific, it's very methodical in trying to prove, disprove Christianity just for two or three minutes, uh, what he found, okay? I have smirked at the fact that Easter this year falls on April Fool's Day. Really rose from the dead. One day my wife gave me the news that she'd become a Christian. Debunk the resurrection of Jesus. So I spent two years of my life analyzing shocked me. I recounted in my book, The Case for Miracles. First of all, I found that uh, the famous atheist New Testament scholar Gerd Ludeman says it's historically indisputable that he was dead. Historical and medical evidence that Jesus was clearly dead even before the wound to his side of Jesus. Reports that come so quickly, you can't just write them off as being a legend. And that has been dated back by scholars to within months of the death of Jesus. Friends found that even the opponents of Jesus implicitly conceded that the tomb of Jesus was empty. The New Testament confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered historical data. And then we have seven ancient sources inside and mostly out in suffering as a result of their proclamation that Jesus had risen. Why were they willing to do this? They ate with them. They talked with them. They knew the truth. And knowing the truth endured. Friends, I spent two years investigating this evidence. And it came down to historical data. My verdict is that Jesus not only claimed to be the Son of God, that I decided to confess my sin, to turn from that, to receive this free gift of forgiveness. I became 
a child of God. Some people have a rush of emotion. I had the rush of reason. Because the resurrection of Jesus is not based not on mythology or make-believe or wishful thinking, but a solid foundation. It's amazing. But even with that kind of evidence of pastoring, what changes a person is, is, is not always that you convince them that it's historically true that this happened. And for them to, to spiritually come alive in faith and some, uh, and we'll continue to look at it in the weeks of, to come, it's a spiritual awakening can get you to that point and draw you to consider not just facts and infant come to a point of faith in even the things that we don't understand because there are things we don't understand. Uh, why someone would want to even be a Christian and at the same time, as a child of God, understanding why someone wouldn't want to be a Christian. You know, we both stand on those sides and walk together and, and be friends. I think it's fun to debate those things, and I love to talk. We all have this sin nature in us that wants to suppress truth. We try to suppress the truth, especially the truth about God and the truth about Jesus Christ and the new life we can have through His resurrection. We naturally suppress the truth. I want you to listen to this scripture I'm going to read today and, and get us through pretty quickly. There's, but listen to what the writer of Romans says about this. This is Paul. And if you knew who Paul, point of petitioning kings, nobility, hey, give me letters so I can go have them stoned to death or, or, or just killed. And this is a guy who once persecuted one. And, and what changed him? What changed him was an So here he writes this in Romans. He's writing to Rome. In Romans, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jewishness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As that we that we need desperately. Not more proof, not more answer, but it, it's, it's faith. It's, yeah, that event happened. Jesus really lived. He, he was raised from the dead. There's no, so if that's true, then by faith, I just place my life in God's hands and, and go, he's real. This really happened, so I, I'm going with it. He goes on to say, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodly and unrighteousness. There it is. <clears throat> it says that in our unrighteousness, in our because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has there's enough evidence in creation in nature we can look at ourselves and go man, us and what we see in creation we can there's evidence of his invisible attribution to condemn us because we we just we can't has created us enough evidence of god in creation to get condemn us but there's not enough in creation to save us. That's why we needed Jesus. Them as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures than God. And so we as humans worship because we have suppressed the truth and it and it's all been turned upside down what we refuse to know we and we are the prize 
uh, creatures of his creation, as his prized creation over the, over the rest of creation, it's, and we rule over creation. But then when the fall happened, and you look backwards, and sin has flipped around, and we think it's now creation, God in the image we want to, and in so doing, we suppress the truth and rule over creation, and now we are ruled by creation because sin, creation is just what we worship and serve. It's mixed up. It's a result of our rebellion because of sin. For us to reveal himself to us, he gives us his word, the Bible. He, he sends his son, revealing of himself to us. <clears throat> and so he gives us this light, and if you've been here, it's is, is God gives us this truth, this certain amount of light. He says, here's a truth that I want you to embrace that light and step toward it. Or, or we just kind of take a step back from it and go, I don't know about that. And, and we may continue to keep stepping back from it as much as he tries to reveal himself to us. And pretty soon, so much darkness, we don't see it anymore. Or, or we step into the light and, and he gives us, keep coming towards me. And he gives us more truth and more truth and more truth and helps us understand more and more. Down a path that leads to all kinds of idol worship, worshiping things, cult stuff. I'm like, this is Easter, there'll be a lot of guests. I don't know if I want to read all that or not, but... This is, this is to listen three times, it's, he says in here, God gives them over. How can God send people to hell if he's loving and good? He just gives them what they want. Like, okay, you don't have to have me. That's fine. Okay, so there's this place called hell, and that's there. And if you don't want me, then, then that's, where you, that's the final destination for you because you just, just give you over to that because that's what you want. Hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchange her rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God... So they have this impurity. And God, even though He's gave them the truth, we, our emotions and our passions become messed up. And so He says, okay, I, if that's the way your natural function, for that which is unnatural, and in the same way also the men abandon and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. There's the third one. Now the system's messed up and they've suppressed the truth. To do those things which are not proper, because they're gossips, slanderers, haters. You're like, wait a minute, I'm not a murderer or anything. I may not believe in God, but I'm not a murderer in your heart. You've committed murder. If you lust after a woman in your heart, motives and what's going on inside... Not so much about what's... You, you do those things eventually because leaders of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, in, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. I can put it in my house somewhere. You're like, make me one. Okay. But that was not understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the order, they not only do the same, and that's spiritual death. It's eternal death. Get as many people to think like I think, so I'm not the only one going where I'm going. My hope is that you wouldn't shut down, but you'd understand what I said at the beginning of, it's not us up here going, man, the, the, all that stuff, that, that's, that's me. And if it weren't for Jesus Christ and the cross, be me. And so I'm just saying, you've got to check this guy out. And this, is, this world is broken, so it's not going to happen here. As much as you strive to make this world end, and he comes back and sets everything right, but in the meantime, he gives you the ability to have peace in the midst of all that that's broken. So there are things to bring you salvation because that's what you're doing.
to bring you idol is we've made for ourselves and would say, I don't worship nothing. You worship something. We all yourself and for ourselves. I just, I'm going to ask you some questions in a minute just to get you thinking about where our worshiping. It ends up, it controls you. There's a guy named Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones who's a pastor in London. He occupies a place that should be occupied by God alone. An idol and rouses and attracts me so easily that I give my time, my attention, and my money to Simply put, an idol is whatever or whoever that because we place central value to it in our lives and in our hearts. What controls our hearts controls our lives. That's what he said. Because the, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Or literally, the translation is, suppresses the truth and says no to him. Forget you. I don't, don't need you. Because we get into that whole, what have you done for me lately mentality. And we don't believe that God is glorious. We don't believe that he's worth beauty that is satisfying completely to our hearts. And that God has made. And we exchange the truth of God for a leader. God created us to worship, so all of us are going to worship something. The human heart was made to worship someone outside itself. It cont- We simply must go to something or someone to feel at peace. Scripting or to someone else, be it achievement, relationships, family, status, pop- connected, personally significant, and emotionally secure. And whatever, everything else in our lives. Okay, now I'm going to quote the great theologian. I'm talk about, not that she isn't still around, but that was her prime. And so, okay. But the great theologian fair, she explained something that is all of our struggles. She said, and this is just a great example. So you can see somebody you could want. You can see this very scripture I'm talking about is headed her in that path and got her to where she is. Listen to what she said. She said, this is her words. I have an iron will and adequacy. I push past one spell of it and discover myself. I think I'm mediocre and uninteresting. And I'm sure some of you are caught in this. from this horrible fear of being mediocre. And that's oddity. As though she wasn't somebody when she was made and born and created. My struggle has never ended and it probably never will. That's, that's her struggle exactly what this is talking about. Augustine, until we find our rest in God. And as long as we're driven by idols, as long as we're looking for our which is what Madonna was saying. It's obviously the same, okay? So an idol is anything in our lives that takes place, takes the place of God, okay? Normally, for us, it's a good thing. We sit back and go, oh, you're saying I worship things, good works, achievements, you know, we end up, this person, you know, they may not be a, a terrible person. They may be a... And, it, and normally it's something that we've made into ultimate things when they shouldn't be ultimate things. Normally not something horrifically bad, you know, like for the majority of us in this room. So if we all, all either worshiping God or another God, how do we know what our saviors are. This is the tough part of the service where it's a little bit of thinking in your mind. How do I know what my trust is in? How do I know where my faith is? How do I know what I'm... Answer them in your head. 
So here's some questions to help you. What do you worry about? Where's your worry? A psychologist said, look at your nightmares. Right? What's your greatest nightmare? What are your... Maybe that's controlling you. Maybe there's something there that's your idol. <clears throat> what do you feel that you didn't even want to live anymore? That if you lost it, would seriously lead you to consider whether you... That's a tough one, isn't it? Here's when things go bad or to get difficult. Hey. What, how, what do you use to cope? Let's put it this way. What do you do to make yourself feel better? What preoccupies you? What do you daydream about? Solitude. In other words, when you're alone and you have... What do you daydream about? What are you the proudest of? Like one guy said, especially early on in a conversation with somebody, what is it you want them... What's the thing you want to be known for? Here's a great one. It's a tough one. Okay? So I understand this one. Okay? Make you think about turning away from God. What are you adding you that if He didn't answer it or took it away would make you seriously... For, me, for some of you... I know you you don't have to think very hard because it's maybe it's the reason you don't come to church and worship God. It's a real insightful question, but it's a tough one. What He has done for us and our sin, saving us from those idols that can't do anything lasting for us. It's not the churchy answer, okay? It's but it's the truth. We have to be motivated by the gospel, to be motivated by the good news that Jesus really, we could be forgiven of that sin so that it could turn everything right again in our lives and get everything back for ourselves, whatever, Lord of our lives. And, and, and we've started to worship. Recognize that. Don't suppress the truth that that's going on. And you turn to Jesus and it's just me saying, I'm turning to you and I'm trusting you to be Lord of my life. And I don't want to worship those things anymore. And how I've messed up in that and, and, and lead me to a better place. It's inside out. It's not outside in. It's not I've got to fix all this behavior. You know, it's not outward stuff. It's not nailing apples to a tree. It's, it's, it's... So we start with our hearts. We don't start with our behavior and come and go, man, how much he loves us that he would do that for us and he is so good and kind and we've met. We start with our hearts and... And as we believe, as we hear, as we embrace, as we step, we embrace it with our hearts more and more. We trust, we transfer our trust from these idols and these. So there is a believing in the gospel that leads us to the repentance, which is Jesus Christ. According to, a, he was a Patty Graham's grandson, Tulian. He said this, I can't pronounce his last name. So he has this. It starts with T-C-H-I-V-I-D-G-J. Pronounce that, okay? So, laughs from the New York people. That's good. 
uh, news that in his life, by his death and with, with his resurrection, affection, achievement, freedom, meaning, righteousness, rescue, purpose, and the fact that Jesus Christ died in our place on the cross for our sin, we're, we need that we're looking for in all these other false idols. Things were a certain way in our life or whatever, that that would satisfy us, but Jesus is the only one that can do We need something else or need more of the same thing. And you just, nothing else can give you that. It's like a baby with a pacifier. Like, how many of you have done that? So I understand that this, you understand this, okay? The rest of it, pacifier away, and that child screams bloody murder. You've just ruined its whole life. If I got to get this pacifier away and we've got to move on to, to whatever's next in life. And endure the kicking and screaming and all that stuff, Right? Okay, I've got I've to offer something. I've got to hold out something to this child that it sees fire, right? Nikki is, is usually what that is. But it's the same concept, right? More valuable, more wonderful to the char- child's heart and mind than what's in it. And it's the same way God is holding out his son, Jesus Christ, and what... He's wanting you to see that Jesus is most satisfying and worthy and embrace the life he has for you. It's, it's how the, if, if you don't, then faith in God fades into idol worship as your Lord and ultimately your Savior. And we can, man, I can go to lunch with you. We can sit and debate, there's this and on this side of the, the secular beliefs and this is, this is what we, don't get me wrong, those are conversations I enjoy, actually. I mean, even, even the science stuff, there's science, and, and somehow, you know, God's got to line up with science. Well, God created science. You know, it, it's, it's he, he made it. Like, it exists because He... So I love those conversations, but it's this thing of, you just, God has to open your eyes for you to see that any pacifier you can try to find for your life. That's all it is. It's, it gets you through the, the moment. The eternal death, but Jesus leads you to eternal life. So that's where we're going to your, your mind and your heart today to Him. And we offer to Him. And if you want, be baptized today to represent that in your life and say, yeah, that's me. Great value. Or we can plan that in the future sometime. doesn't matter to me. But the, the big deal, because that doesn't say. So if you just take a moment and let's pray together with heads bowed and eyes closed. I just pray right now for anyone here that might be looking to other things other than you. You just gave them over. But I know, God, that you can also intervene. You can rip that pacifier right out of their mouth or, or, and, and just put Jesus there. Father, it may be that you've held out Jesus today and they see him and they go, they willingly just say, hey, I see him as most valuable. That all these other things I've been looking for to, to make me happy and think my life has to consist of, it really doesn't matter in light of Jesus. I'm just thankful for what I do have. So, Father, I pray right now that people might, who are far from you, they might turn to you. Or they've just stepped a little bit out of the light. They just turn to you and they just say, Jesus, best I know how right now, I'm just, 
I'm offering myself up to you. I just, I turn from my sin. Forgive me where I have walked away from you. Where I have exchanged your truth for a lie. And I just recognize I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Just by the power of the cross, would you forgive me? And by the power of Jesus' blood, would you just cleanse me? Father, because of his resurrection, would you just give me a new life in you, walking with you, being satisfied in you? Father, you're good, all-satisfying, wonderful. I can't imagine life without you, Father. Father, open hearts and minds to understand your word today. And the foolishness of suppressing the truth that you present to us. Father, I pray that everyone enjoys the rest of this day and that they do so because of the joy that they have in you. Father, for those struggling with those idols in their life, would you tear them away? Would the knowledge of your son Jesus and what he offers be overwhelming to everything and everyone else? Thank you for your son and paying for our sins. Thank you for that forgiveness. Thank you that Jesus is alive. Because of him, we can talk to you right now. Jesus, I, I know he's there by your side, Father, praying for us harder than we've ever prayed for ourselves. He's interceding for us. He longs to be in relationship with us, Father. And we just, I pray that we would not neglect that, but we would celebrate that today. So we pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.